Here is a motion picture film, a thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. James, I was so excited that he was going the game. When he got to my front door, he just turned round and looked at me and he said, Mum, we're going to win today. And I just shut the door, never knowing that'd be the last time I'd ever see my son alive. Get shook. Hop up the four door with the four four. It was one, two, three, and four. Chilling in the corridor door. Your dad is 44 and he still caught a man for a draw. <laughs> Let him know. Is this what soccer is this what this is the music soccer fans of today listen to, right? Yeah, this is the hottest. This is the hottest of the Oh, this is the best. This is this is the part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Big shot. You get me? Man's not hot. Man's not hot. I said, babe, man's not hot. Never hot. You ever listen to crept and conan? Do you mean Skepta? No. Oh, we're not talking about English rap anymore. No, nah, that are an English rap group, crept and no, I have not. Conan? I haven't. They're fun. Oh They're wait, those are old white dudes. No. Oh, those guys are great too. What are old? <laughs> what are the old white dudes? I mean, we see a lot in this. Uh, movie. Oh yeah, a lot of really old and weathered, like just thousand yard stare dudes. Yeah, know, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's life's a cycle, life's a journey. People are on their journeys, you know. I was recording all that being played, by the way. Oh well, great. So it's our <laughs> intro. I'll just boom, up boom. the decibels. I think if it sounds like it's being played across the room, it can't get copyright <laughs> strikes or anything. Oh, nice. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> because who would want to rip that terrible audio uh, no. coming out of a, like a, uh, what you got there, a Chromebook? Yeah, Chromebook. Yeah, well, that's our sponsor. Chromebook. <laughs> Hook me up with a Chromebook, man. I could, like, use them for, I don't know, something. I mean, it's trash. If I get any it. sponsorships, I'll <laughs> give you any free anything I get. <laughs> but right now, MacBook is the sponsor. Mac. Heard of them? Amazon. Wait, Mac? Amazon like is the like a Macintosh Apple? Yeah, I eat yeah. those all the time. Yeah. Uh, do you use Macintosh? Yeah, Macintosh apples and my Apple Pies. Yes. Yeah, what 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 Mac what wait, what Apple are you talking about? I'm talking about the apples that grow off trees. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. They're, those are good ones. Mm-hmm. Best technology in these apples. What about Fuji? Mm, pink ladies, that's my go to. Pink ladies, that yeah, sounds yeah. inappropriate as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't there a strip club in uh, Clarksville called the Pink Lady? Hmm. Probably. That, that seems town. that seems right for the place. I think so. I think yeah. it was up near Oak Grove. Oh god. Angela, don't... do you remember the Pink Lady? Wasn't there a strip club called the Pink Lady? 
like up near the Kentucky border? I don't know about that one. I figured you would know. I'm not accusing you of anything. No, I've only, <laughs> Wait, I've only what? been to like two strip clubs. Yeah. One was in Nashville and one was in New Orleans. Me too. That's where the two cities where I went to strip clubs. Are. If you're gonna go to strip clubs, it should be in Hot Chicken City and New Orleans. Who that city? Yeah. Yeah. New Orleans, you could wake up in a strip club. It's pretty easy. Well, it's funny. You probably wouldn't wake up because the bars don't close, so you're probably still awake. Yeah. Like you're getting your breakfast at the strip club, still haven't gone to sleep yet. If you're so <laughs> fucked up, too. Stripper waffles. Well, it depends on how you do your night. You start off with the hard drinking, then you get into the psychedelics, then you get into the hard coke. Oh, right. Wait, Coke? That sounds too, like, hardcore. Let's just say speed. I don't think there's much difference. Yeah, there, anyways, I don't honestly. know how we got down this rabbit hole, but I'm glad we were here. I'm glad we took this little visit. Why does speed <laughs> feel more vague? I'd probably pick the Coke over the speed. It's kind of like that one documentary we watched with uh, Jonathan, the amazing Jonathan. He's like, yeah, I'm on speed, guys. It was yeah, meth. It was, he's smoking. If you say speed, people are like, oh, he's a party guy. But if you say, like, meth or, like, heroin yeah. or Coke, it's like, well, Did, heroin's not speed. But you know what I'm saying. Was it speed that he was smoking? Yeah, was like he was meth. he was smoking meth, speed meth. It's a different type of speed. Well, that movie was different. Yeah, I hated that guy. Man, <laughs> it's uh, hey, do you think uh, you you got in? You've never been to England. England? No, I've never been to Jolly Old. I've never been to Old Britannia. But Perfidious you, Albion. But you, but you, but you're a big fan of Premier League soccer. Huge, gigantic, Giant. super nerd fan. Give me all the smoke from the from the fan base. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Why have you gotten heat? Um, I get the smoke from my European friends who like to uh, say things about Americans liking soccer. Why? They because <laughs> Oh, because we, we don't know we don't know about soccer, Bobby. So gatekeeping basically. Oh, it's gatekeeping at its highest. But yeah. it's it's a ple- it's it's pleasant what as they say in England, banter, it's a little bit of bants. Oh, okay. They're yeah. just ribbing you Just bu- a little bit of the bants, of course. Bussing your breakfast beans. Oh, yeah, you know. Fucking they eat beans. On toast, for like some Come on, yeah. man. Butter on the toast, maybe some jam. Yeah. Don't put beans on your toast. Do they put like a styrofoam chutney on top of that they bullshit? They probably put like a styrofoam <laughs> chutney, talk to their Australian friends, get some Vegemite for the other side of it. Let's just talk about all the weird English and Australian condiments that we can't stand. Do you think you'll go? Do you got a rough plan? I hope to one day in the next five years. Me too. Uh, if it, Unless you're talking more like a, a personal trip with your wife and child. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind going. Yeah. I mean, I, of course, wouldn't just be in Eng- And honestly, I would probably go to a, not London for damn sure. You probably have to fly in, but I'd be like, I'm going to go to Birmingham or yeah. like Suffolk. I kind of feel that too. Like, I'd want to go to the, like, your working class towns. Just your a regular Manchester's place. And your Liverpools. Yeah, it doesn't have to be amazing. Blackpool. Yeah, Blackpool's supposed Blackpool? to be a very quaint little town. Like, no, but, I'd go to Leicester. Yeah, we're going to get our passports within this next year, so. Yeah. Like I'm in Leicester skipping my lectures. Like I'm in Leicester skipping my lectures. We used to ride round all reckless. Yeah, we can catch a flight out from Nashville there. Of now. course, straight to Heathrow. We'd have to go to London though for a straight flight. I think. Yeah, you, you have to go to Heathrow. So you know, you, you, you gotta take it where you can. I'd go to you to so- go with you to soccer games too, or mm-hmm. footy ball or whatever the fuck. The, the footy. It'd just be fun watching you get so into it. Oh God, I would lose my shit. But I can appreciate any sport played at a high level. So oh yeah, it's okay. But it sucks, though. I can't drink anymore. Everyone knows that by now. You can't go to a proper football match and not drink, Bobby. If they, if the, uh, if the royal um, investigator tested my body for a blood alcohol level, clearly a soccer, not a troublemaker because he, he didn't have a drop. 
teetotal he is. I'd be like, I have an education. I'm know? educated. I'm and educated. I don't. I don't. I don't drink because that makes me a good person. It's funny because I'm not that educated, but I can fake it if I need to. Oh, there's there's levels of education. We all got some education. I mean, I know people with a lot of education who maybe like, it, what does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got their own story. <laughs> we all do. I think uh, uh, for one, we this is a little change of pace. Yeah, yeah. This is a, a thirty for thirty soccer story. Had no idea this was a thirty for thirty, Bobby. Yeah, oh, you didn't know? I didn't know that. I'm not really big into sports other than this one. Did you watch it on the link I gave you? I watched it a I long time you. ago on YouTube. It was on YouTube, and then they took it down. So then I watched it on the link you sent. But I didn't see the. I don't know. I must have missed that. I was happy to find that link. It's not there. There's ones that are specifically in the thirty for thirty series. Yeah, yeah. And then there's ESPN produced films. This is mm-hmm. as much BBC as ESPN. So. Yeah, that's the thing that got me. It said BBC, so I was like, oh, this BBC documentary. So I'm sure it ran overseas, op- over in England, England, under a whole just the BBC banner. Just Would have had to there. something this huge. They're not gonna. They're gonna figure out how to get it on over there. They throw it. They throw it in. They were probably probably open there, and then they threw the ESPN shit over here. Yeah, ESPN was like. They probably bought the American rights to it. But I got to say, in the years of doing documentaries, I don't think I've ever encountered a documentary that felt so thorough. Very methodical. It was almost like you're watching a real deal police procedural drama. It was uh, like a true like investigation in documentary form. This one had me feeling... I felt more drama and emotion from this than I do watching Law & Order... SVU, which, as you know, is the most dramatic one because it deals with sexual oh, like, right, abuse right. and stuff. So are you like, are you still watching Law and Order? No, I stopped watching once I got cable. <laughs> yeah, I, I I started watching Law and Order and then I watched The Wire. And yeah, then I never went back. No, yeah, The Wire is just kind of this is the Wire of sports documentaries. Yeah, this is the <laughs> like you're gonna be talking to your friends like, but have you seen, have you seen uh, Hillsborough? Hillsborough? Have you seen Hillsborough? Have you lived Hillsborough? Oh, dude, you haven't seen a documentary until you've seen Hillsborough. But yeah, Drew might get a little jealous because he wants to do all the sports. I want all the smoke, Drew. Come at your boy. You You know where I live. You want all the soccer (laughs) shit. You know where I stay, Drew. I don't mean that. I love Drew with all my heart. (laughs) He did get uh, Drew did get to talk about the uh, the two Escobars one. Yeah, I was. I well, I'll I'll tell you what. You you think Drew is going to be mad about this one? I was (laughs) heated about that one. And let me tell you again, Drew knows where I stay. Yeah, (laughs) he does. (laughs) That was a good one. The two Escobars. I bet it was. So far, I would have loved to have talked about it, Bobby. Our our (laughs) our sports movies rooted in the the game of soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other countries call it soccer? Don't Australians call it soccer? You know, I think... South J- Africa or some shit? There are other people that call it We're soccer. We're not the only ones that would yeah. throw that word I think around. in Australia they say soccaroos, actually. That's what they call soccer, their national team. Of course they say put a roo on the end of it. Kangaroos to Jesus. Australia are like banjos and guitars to the city of Nashville. You can't do anything unless there's a like damn guitar shit yeah, on it. Yeah, good day and shit. Yeah. Put, you have to throw like <laughs> shrimps on the barbie. You have to have like koala bears and kangaroos. That's all you can do if you're from Australia, or I do, as I like to call it, criminal England. I do see, uh, you know, Australian England popping up a, a little bit more mm-hmm. in stream histories. Yeah. So it's like it just has made me make fun of their countries even more. You know, we don't make fun of you unless we we love you. I mean, we actually kind of do. Or it is just a rib. Yeah, it's just and we're a, not like serious. 
Hey, you, we were all suckling on the teat of English colonialism at one point. So yeah, hey, yeah. we're all we're all kind That's of cousins. Where we in all that. learned it. Yeah, right? we're all cousins in this way. But like, yeah, please make fun of us. Yeah, we're we tra- we're, we're used to it. Yeah, we're totally we're trash. trash. Just awful. Just <laughs> really up. awful. God, and we're not it. even like dividing the regions of the country. No, here. no, it's, it's all like it's not a southern thing. It's it's all of us. It's like it's like which regions are more honest about being trash. Yeah. That's the only true difference. Look, I'll, I'm talking about myself too. Like, I need the United States to make sure I can get bananas for forty nine cents. However it happens, I don't care, bro. I'm not trying to spend $8 on bananas. I need my smoothies, bro. They grow small down on the coast, but like not the big kind that we usually get. Yeah, that's... Hey, man, I'm not trying to ask questions about where or it the comes Gulf. from. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes we should ask the question. Maybe we should be paying $10 for a chocolate bar, See, this considering... Is what... Anyway, we're talking about the movie Hillsboro. Hillsboro. By Daniel Gordon, which is a tragedy. This is... We're kind of like riffing, ribbon. We sound like we're having a good time. You, so you got to lift yourself up before you can pull yourself <laughs> into the Yeah. Deep. Good we're, God. We're about to like just lay down in a bed of misery. Pretty much. In a very well-parsed-through bed of misery. Oh, yeah, and it, and it builds, it builds, and it's a slow burn. I hope you can back me up on some information here because I felt like I got so much information that nice. we don't want to walk through it like inch by inch. I mean, we can walk through it however we want to walk through it, Bobby. But I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. There is so much here because this movie is a straight-on two-hour-long documentary. That means when it aired on ESPN, which has, um, you know, commercial breaks every three minutes. God, can you imagine? <laughs> this thing must have been like two and a half to three hours long. But then again, sometimes they go like out of like respect or sponsored by so-and-so, commercial-free. Yeah, I would yeah. hope that this one was one of I those. think this would be a worthy This like, one would be a worthy respect. one. You don't put on a commercial for like Mattress King in the middle of this documentary. How dare you? <laughs> I, I did watch this one as it aired. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I did. Nice. And... It kept coming up with, like, a warning, like, the things you're going to see here. Yeah, that and needed to happen. So, yeah, years ago, we first saw it as around, I think this came out around when we first bought this house. Yeah, yeah, it seems about right. And I laid in bed and watched it, and it actually kind of affected me. I cried real tears watching this shit, man. I'm it not really, gonna lie. It really did affect me, this yeah. particular documentary. It kind of sucks that it took us so long to get to it, because... I, I, I really did linger in my brain, and yeah. it still does. I mean, you see the tragedy. You see, it's just hard to wrap your head around, but let's try. Yeah, let's do it. Anyway, it tells you straight up, Hillsborough's the the biggest sports disaster in English history. That's Easily. What we're talking. 1989. Uh, not as big as the, what the, what's that, the Le Mans race crash? Oh, I've never heard of this. There's, what do you mean, Le Mans race crash? Uh, I think Le Mans is in Italy, right? France. And there's, it's a Formula One racetrack. I think mm-hmm. it was in the 50s. A car flipped into the crowd oh and basically exploded into a fireball. Jesus. There's actually like old newsreel footage you can see of this. I'm weirdly obsessed with the Le Mans crash, too. Yeah. And, and they literally just pile bodies. They're literally just piling yeah, bodies. Yeah, 122. Oh, I'm sorry. 120, you know, like non-fatal injuries, but like 84 deaths. That is out of control. Wow. I You know, for some reason, I thought maybe Le Mans beat Hillsborough. Because when you see it, it's literally yeah. like a f- ball of fire and hunks of a race car just smashing through a crowd of people. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty, pretty gnarly stuff. But Le Mans has a slightly larger... Not Le Mans, sorry. Hillsborough has a slightly <laughs> larger body count, which is, which just goes to show you how fucked up we're going to talk about here. Yeah. 
Sheffield Stadium was considered neutral ground for the FA Cup. Which is named Hillsborough. Which the FA, uh, Sheffield Stadium is also Hillsborough. Exactly. Just to get cleared up, it's going to be real confusing. Hillsborough is not the name of a place. It's the name of the ground. I'm, yes, the ground area where yes. they went. Yeah. So if you're up in the top level, you're not in Hillsborough. You're on the ground of Sheffield. Are you being serious right now? <laughs> uh, no, no, I am being serious. <laughs> oh, wait, no. The ground is just what you call like a, a stadium, a soccer stadium in general. You call it the ground. Just the ground. Just the yeah, area that, in which people can standing room, that's, at least back then. That includes like the stands, like the parking lot, everything that okay. is, makes up the stadium is the ground. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you were joking. I was like, Bobby, what? <laughs> well, this lady in here is like confused, as confused as I am. Yeah, because that's what they do. It's like Hillsborough sounds like a name of a place, but that's like the name. They don't give state. It's not like Sheffield United Stadium sponsored by FedEx like they do here. It's like, no, the stadium's called Hillsborough, you know? Okay, so the stadium, so Sheffield's the name of the town they're in. Yeah, Sheffield's the name of the town. So why do they Sheffield say- Wednesday. So there must be the only stadium in Sheffield if people keep calling it Sheffield Stadium. <laughs> Funny that, no, there's actually another team in town called Sheffield United who has their own I- stadium. <laughs> And that one's called, I can't remember the name of the stadium, but yeah. So FA Cup, I'm glad you're here with this. Uh, <laughs> FA Cup, that means fuck all cup, right? Yeah, it pretty much means fuck Americans, actually. Oh, they fuck American they codified cup. that in 18-something. But yeah, no, it's the uh, <laughs> FA, the Football Association. That's the what they call their their pyramid of football over there in England. That makes so much more sense. So yeah. we got Liverpool. One the of the Liv- most... Liverpudlians. Yeah, yeah Liverpudlians, one of the most storied football clubs in English history. They have like six Champions League, or as they called it at the time, European Cups, so they're a huge team. Liverpool, real working class town. Oh, yeah, especially at that time period. They were actually coming off of their working class roots. They mm. were kind of going through an economic downturn thanks to the policies of old Margaret Thatcher, the Iron Lady. Oh, isn't she great? Oh, she's great. She's oh, great. Oh, she's dead. Yeah, we, we love her. We uh, love you her. Know, it's too I bad. Hope- Oh, she Margaret Thatcher's yeah. looking up at us and <laughs> I, I I don't like her. Yeah, she yeah, she some some problematic things she did over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh amongst many. And, uh, against Nottingham Forest. Another team. They actually between Liverpool and Forest, they have what, like six European cups between them, like uh pretty much throughout the time period where they won. So you're talking 1977, Liverpool. 77, 78, Liverpool. 78, 79, Nottingham. Next year, Nottingham. Next year, Liverpool. Year after that, Aston Villa. Just English dominance in the European Cups. Do they have mascots? They call call small children that they hold their hand as they walk out into the pitch. I've seen that. They're the mascots. But some clubs do. Like, Arsenal has the the, uh, Gunnersaurus. He's a... Dinosaur who wears an arsenal kit. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Is it yeah. one of those inflatable dinosaurs? No, suits? it's like a fluffy one, like the oh. fur on it, like Barney or something. I figured maybe Nottingham Forest would have like a sheriff. That man, they miss an opportunity. They're really fucking it up. <laughs> They're really fucking it up. I mean, as much as England likes to retread their pop culture shit so much. And they could be like redo history and say, actually, the sheriff of Nottingham Forest beat Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he earned every penny. He earned all his money. <laughs> he earned all. Look, taxes have to be. Look, this is a right wing hatchet job against the sheriff of Nottingham Forest, who's just trying to collect <laughs> revenues to help pave the roads and pay for schools. This is like their their version of uh, the that blue line and the flag, <laughs> where they're just like arguing on behalf of. Look, we just think that no one's speaking up for the powerful enough. Mm, that's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, what about the bullies? Yeah, what have you thought about what the bullies go through? I mean, as, as far what as... What they have to lie about things to make their bulliness feel okay, you know? You know, if the bullies are, are kids, then maybe we should think about what makes them bullies. But when they're grown and know better, then fuck yeah, them. Yeah, but maybe, when they're kids, maybe yeah, we should, they're like, kids, they, they should think about find that. something They should there. think about that. Uh, South Yorkshire police are all set to work, Hillsborough. We see multiple relatives in here. I don't have all their names. Yeah, I, I gave up. Oh, but because of just the amount of people affected by this, you're talking like hundreds of people Easily. that are directly affected. And that's not even including all the people that were there that kind of witnessed all this. Friends, people, just all kinds you're, of people. Then you're in the tens of thousands. Essentially, this is like as if a whole small town just sit there and watch something uh, yeah. fucking awful happen. Exactly. And the South Yorkshire police all set to work Hillsboro. They had this guy named Brian Mole who ran the Yorkshire police. And I forgot there were reenactments in this. Yeah, and they, were, they weren't terrible, but no. I, it, I didn't think there would be any reenactment. It, it kind of, maybe not quite as stylistic as an Errol Morris reenactment, but kind of similar in the sense that, like, it's not overshowing people's faces. I mean, I think there's one occasion where they kind of directly show the face. Real tasteful. Yeah, it it really was, and the shots looked good, and the lighting looked good. Yeah, and apparently, a police informant—he was like twenty years old. They said was abducted with pistols and baklavas and balaclava. Or, sorry, balaclava. It's not <laughs> not the Greek dessert. I was like, I can't let that one stand, Bob. That would be weird for people. <laughs> they beat him with Greek dessert, just smashing him with all that crushed shit. Uh, and then he finds out, this dude finds out that he got pranked by other cops. They take their fucking... Yeah, they had guns and everything. Yeah. The, uh, when I, when I said that, when they were telling the story, they were like, oh, they had guns? I was like, oh, shit. They yeah. were fucking around. It's like, of course they had guns. They were fucking... Yeah, and I was thinking, how did people in England get a hold of like pistols like that? I thought it was hard as hell to get those. It turns out it's it still is. Yeah, it still is. Mm-hmm. And but dude was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, and went back and was like, "Fuck them, fuck them." He got people fired and demoted. And Brian Mole, no one was safe. This is the, the the crown fell off. Yeah, so Brian Mole then got demoted, Reached. and this was like uh, like he people talked about this like he took the fall for like some other people's bullshit. But sometimes the buck has to stop. Yeah, when your officers do something like that, hey, you got to go. That's fucked up. That's yeah. kind of like extreme. Look, we're big jackass fans around here, <laughs> yeah. but that's a little bit much. Yeah, when your officers uh, kidnap someone, use their guns to prank someone like they're being kidnapped, yeah, you got to go down for that. So they kind of blame that. It's funny. They kind of blame like a serious problem uh, on the fact that another guy takes his place, Mr. Uh, Duck and Phil. God. You this know. guy, what's that dude from Trailer Park Boys who wears the Coke bottle glasses? Uh, I can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. He looks just like that guy. Yeah, he's Mr. Duckenfeld from Nova Scotia, yeah. Canada. <laughs> from the trailer park. And uh, they talk about how very green he was, and he was like an academic, which yeah. uh, means that they, which is just the word for them to say he don't know shit about the kind of people he's coming up to, I don't know, control. One thing you heard over and over again was, he doesn't seem to know about football. Yeah. So they talk about how meetings happened, but it, they were more focused on crowd discipline and not crowd safety. Oh, of course. Why would you ever be concerned with crowd safety, especially at this time period? You know, I don't want to make everything about class, but why is everything about class? Yeah. Sometimes I just want to watch a movie and it be that. Yeah. But then we get this shit. 
where mm-hmm. like people are getting judged just before they're even walking into the building. Well, that's what makes this all so. Look, I'm not siding with the cops, Uh-oh. but it is. Un- it, it's a Back slightly. It's a slightly uncomfortable situation we're in right now because. Uh-huh. There's a reason why they're so concerned about controlling the crowd. I mean, you're coming off of 1985. English club clubs are banned from European competition because everywhere they go, their fans just destroy the towns and cause riots. I mean, this is all coming off the heats. We're talking, um, let's just say, what do I call I it? I love this historical context Let, in the sport. What do I just say? For lack of a better word, 39 people were just killed in a giant riot that happened at this place called... Hazel, ah, yeah, it was a riot caused by English football hooligans at that year's uh, European Cup final. And before that, like I mentioned, like I just said, like this year's English club, next year's an English club. English clubs continually go overseas. They win the tournament and burn the place down. Wow! And this time at Hazel, kind of got out of hand, and thirty-nine people died. Damn! And after that, there's a ban, and what we're at eighty-nine, so the ban is still in effect. They got one year left, and they know that this is the FA Cup final, the hugest cup game in European soccer. This is the oldest competition in soccer uh-huh. anyone can win. This would be like if the NHL Stanley Cup was actually a tournament with every hockey team that we have in in the country, and anyone could win it. Wow. That's wild. I mean, it is kind of inspiring to see people really get into something. It kind of helps yeah. you get into it. But let's not uh, beat each other to the death. Well, and that's the uh, thing. That's it. that's why they were so concerned about safety because English fans and huge games, it's to the point now where if there's a derby or like a rivalry game, it's always the first kickoff of the day because they don't want people getting drunk and burning stuff down. To this day, they still have that mindset. Yeah, it seems like I, I guess you can get the paranoia because just being a guy who only surfacely knows that sport and how yeah. they do it over there, the idea of there is something about the stereotype of the English hooligan that does sound a little like imposing on my mind. It's like if I went there, I'd be like, I hope some dude just doesn't like punch me in the face because yeah. he's really into soccer. Well, it's it's so tribal. It's not like an it's tribal here in this country with our sports, but it's like if your friend is an Arsenal fan, he's actually not your friend. He's a person who you hate. You know, if you see him out on the terrace, as they call them. You have they have to segregate them like with cops between them, or else they will fight I to have, this day. I have encountered that kind of level of animosity amongst you know where we live in the southeastern U.S. So oh, college football, college sports, yeah, college sports will do it. And and I could not give a fuck about like any college team. Yeah. Like go pro and we'll talk. Okay, I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to watch this on what I want to turn you on and watch you miss. Uh, Eight out of ten uh, three-pointers? Come on, man. Yeah, but if you're in Alabama, Mississippi, uh, Arkansas, there's no professional sports team, so you yeah. got to watch the college. But I have been judged just being from a state. Yeah. Even though I have no investment. <laughs> and I'm like, best of luck to you and your worship of LSU or whatever the fuck. <laughs> oh, Tennessee. Bet your blood ble- bleeds orange, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, first of all, thanks for knowing Silver Jew's lyrics, but second, no. <laughs> Rest in peace, Dave. Yeah, Dave, right, seriously, rest in peace, man. He's a good dude. So people were driving hopes to get the ground, get to the ground area. Well, meaning ground like behind <laughs> the goal. Apparently, the whole fucking thing is the ground. Yep, it's all the ground. They're, they were talking about people swapping seated tickets for the area because real English football fans they want to go stand yeah. behind the goal. Exactly. So we're getting like. Vi- 
we're getting video of tons of people walking. We're talking like thousands ten, in this in this grounds, tens yeah. of thousands of Easy. people. Yeah, and it ain't it ain't nothing to fill it up. Not for the FA Cup. No. So apparently they were worried about people being assholes, but there wasn't any process to control them as they were coming in. It wasn't. No. Uh, but well, there there was previously, as we'll find out. It wasn't necessarily a hard written out thing, but it was clear the way you hear some of the folks who witnessed this lived it. It was clear from their retelling of years past how things were done to mitigate uh, potential disasters. And this is one of those things that kind of changed how they do shit. Oh, yeah. This this incident, you see widespread reforms in English stadium design, and you can see it in the way English stadiums are set up compared to like Germany, Spain. In Germany, they still have giant fences, netting. In English ground, you'll see no fences, anything. So if you're behind the goal, you might get smacked by 90, however fast it's a traveling ball, you know? Cool. Yeah, well, let's get hit in the face by soccer balls. Well, I mean, you go to a <laughs> MLB game, you can get cracked in the face yeah, with a foul true. ball. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's, there is something just about that risk that it exists there. That's why I'm not a real soccer fan. I like to sit at the 50-yard line because I like to be posh. <laughs> in hockey they put the netting up after a little girl got hit in the face yeah with the that puck. was horrible she died but in baseball it's like yeah yeah you're watching the game aren't you that's why you're here yeah right? better keep your eye on the game <laughs> yeah. uh better get your face out that dodger dog when mm-hmm. he gets yeah. up the bat so yeah people are coming in and the police described this how at first it seemed very busy but fine and yeah. then they arrested a guy and then processed him and they made it sound like and, it, maybe it wasn't like that, but uh, but they made it sound like it was like... Myself and a colleague detained the lad who jumped through the turnstile without a ticket, detained him and took him to the police room, processed him through there, uh, and when we came back, it was just mayhem. Okay, we have to stop and process this guy. And yeah. then they come back and it's worse than before, yeah. almost as though they had to abandon their post <laughs> yeah. to process a dude and then come back and be like, oh, what the oh fuck's going on here? I mean, we're not blaming these guys. I mean, there was, there was like a sea of cops yeah. that were being briefed for this thing. So there's plenty of cops there. There's uh, there's two groups of cops here. Bobbies. Bobbies. <laughs> there's the ones that got called in that tried to do anything. Yeah. And then there were the... The Sheffield Grounds cops. Correct, yeah. Which were getting orders from Dickenfield. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yeah. that hey, hey, I, that? Oh, okay, so. Duh, yeah, you took the U off. Mm. Yeah, piece of shit. Yeah, God. Got him. What a bell in this guy. <laughs> hey, what a bell in. <laughs> we know English slang. Yeah, we know it. Thing goes boom, boom, boom. I, uh, I've been subscribing to British Teenager Magazine for decades. Uh, yeah, dude, that's like. Better than Tiger Beat, hands down. <laughs> uh, so, very quickly, the goal area is crammed, the area behind the goal. Yeah, that's where the supporters usually go. They said that the bins were built in 1985, so these aren't very o- old, just yeah. to force a specific confinement. Yeah, they cut, cut down on the hooliganism. Yeah, and they got a control box that's just going over here where, like, uh, Sheffield police are there, yeah. and they're just looking down... And they're communicating to the ground, but they're just kind of like, they could tell the ground to do very specific things like, oh, you need to start getting people out of here. But the way the story is told is like, they're just, it's like, they're just watching to see what happens. Like, yeah, it's looking down these pins, by the way, they are like straight up thick iron fences with spikes on top of them. 
By the way, the game hasn't even started. At this point, we got like 26 minutes until the yeah, game starts. And it's already getting pretty cramped in there. It's cramped. You look out in the seatings where everyone are spaced properly. Right. And it seems like, okay, you can see the space. You look down on the grounds, and it looks like there's like three or four heads per space. Yeah, and to make matters, to make it even more weird, it's like the reason they're so crammed is it's not like an American sporting event where you go and you take your seat. This is the standing room only section, as you mentioned earlier. So yeah. there's just a, a steady incline or decline of steps that people stand on that butt up, that pretty much run into a straight up iron gate that you couldn't knock over if you wanted to. We're seeing shots of this area so congested, you can't even see the railings anymore. Then they opened another gate and people poured around. They yeah. went to the central tunnel, but I think they were going, I think. They were meant to go to the West End Tunnel. Correct. So they were, wor- they were concerned that there was going to be a crush of people outside the ground. They were worried that people were going to die out there. So they said, you got to, well, they say someone got on the radio and we could tell something's up because he swore on the radio. You just don't do it. How yeah. English. You, yeah. just don't, you just don't do it. <laughs> He's like, open these fucking gates. But you're on the way to the West End Tunnel and you see the Central Tunnel is completely unmanned. Like, there's no one there regulating anything. No one's checking for tickets, nothing. And these aren't, like, formal seats, so you're going to go to the gr- to the ground level yeah. anywhere. So it's like, if you see the central tunnels empty, you're probably going to be like, oh, man, I'm going to get right up to the front. Oh, right yeah, up let me get to this action. Why would I waste a second going further down to the West End Tunnel? And these are old stadiums. They don't have, like, the nice, super good stadium seating where it's, like, kind of terraced and, like, the no poles anyway. you got to get that good seat or you might not even really see the game. Real English fans must get next to that rail behind gotta the got to get down there. It's like when you're at the show, you got to get up near the stage, man, thrash about. So we see a, a young, well... So natural. She's not a young woman anymore, but she, she was, was at the time with her friends. And she talks about how her friend had fallen, and then they people helped to pick the friend up. Right. And then her and then the people she was with just disappeared into the crowd. Yeah. And then there's pushing and pressure. And this one guy, like, he says the only thing he really remembered through the whole thing was Beardsley hitting the bar. Beardsley hit the bar. Beardsley. Oh, he's hit the bar. That was the moment it felt like the crowd sort of convulsed and then something went. Remember when Beardsley Beardsley hit the bar? Oh, yeah, dude. It was a beautiful shot. Beardsley! Oh, he's hit the bar! He was on on the volley. Beautiful. That one, the moment where that soccer was actually being played and Mm -hmm. we weren't. Yeah, it was beautiful. It's just a beautiful game. Piling bodies. And so this guy is there and he's talking about, like, God, the pressure was intense, but I've I've done this so many times it will let up. I've got to get down. If it can get down, I'll be all right. If it just eases up for a second, I'll get down on the floor. Um, that's, that's, that's what I'll do. And then I'm thinking to myself, no, I'm dying here. And then he passes out. Yeah, not then, normal. And then the fans are being kind of forced. <clears throat> it's almost like they're being forced to climb each other to get onto the fence. But the police, especially when they start to do this, are like forcing them back. Yeah, they think they're trying to storm the pitch, which is a common occurrence. And uh, But the thing is, the, the fences have spikes. Like, sharp, like, this is going to kill somebody type of spike. <laughs> so com- we hear a commentator looking at the crowd, and it seems like the commentators, at least what we hear, it seem very kind of rational in terms of mm. what's happening in the moment. Stories yeah. kind of change after the fact because of dirty privilege and politics. But oh, yeah. this commentator points out, is like, The referee's going to have to stop the game. There's an overflow behind the goal, and the police inspector is on the pitch. 
come through the barriers, and I can only think that's overcrowding. It doesn't look to me to be any sort of misbehavior. I see overcrowding, but I don't see any misbehaviors. So this there will be a lot of claims about a lot of things that happen later. But this is proof that there is a guy just sitting there watching it and being able to oh, tell yeah. exactly what's going on. These are commentators who are able to kind of read a lot of action on a field so they can kind of... Yeah. They're, they're actually good at like looking at something and being able to tell exactly what's happening. So a cop is down on the pitch. He sees the distress and he opts like, yo, I need to open the pins and let yeah. people start to come up. So... People start one by one. It's very hard, but they start to squeeze through to get back out onto where the green is. And then there's just, but the there becomes panic and anguish and anger. And a cop points to someone and goes, He's a goner. And it pointed in front of him. Uh, to my shock, about three foot in front of me was this lad. It was like looking at fish in a trawler net. People were so crushed that you couldn't see a full person, if you like. And that was just something that will haunt me forever, really. All I could see was his shoulders and his face. And his face was deep purple. He wasn't breathing. I don't think he was. And I thought, oh my God, you know, this is, this is, I just, you know, it's suddenly, this isn't happening. And I noticed there was just bodies everywhere, a sea at the front of bodies. If you just describe to me this, I don't know if I would feel like it would be as bad as how it felt when I actually saw it. Yeah. Basically, there are people you pressed against like like almost stuck like they almost like they're stuck against the fence but yeah. it's the crowd the pressure is so huge that they're just smashed against the fence and they look and they look like they're asleep yeah. and it's that that that's what fucked me up when i first saw it because i was yeah. like holy fucking shit and the fact you can't really make out all of one person can you imagine you're sitting there on that green and you're look you're on the other side of that fence you're you're a cop for one and you're just looking and like less than a foot away from you it's just tons of people who cannot or are getting crushed to death and you just mm -hmm. see i mean people had to just sit there and watch people die yeah there's no other way to describe it and that is what was happening down from look i'm not saying the people on the ground because if you're just an individual cop what can you do at that point i mean there's nothing you could do but Man, the people that are sitting right over those folks who have the bird's eye view of all the movements, you have to wonder why there's nothing. I mean, isn't that what they were saying? Yeah. Radio um, silence is all that this box, is happening. Nothing. Sitting and watching. They're literally watching people getting crushed. And this guy, I mean, the leader's been on the job not even, what, a full month? And right. And he's dealing with FA Cup semifinal. It's, so, I mean, that's pretty big on its own. Unoccupied fucking gate tunnels. Yeah. So the dude that passed out, like he wakes up and he, but his right arm is crushed and he has to, he's people in the stands above them are see that people are in trouble 
and are trying to just pull people up to help them yeah, out. Yeah, making human chains to get pe- people off of that ground terrace. Now limp bodies are starting to be drugged out on the, to the green. The game is not playing right no, now. No, they're they're, they need the space for CPR. And you see a point in which right after you see those first crushed bodies where you look down and it's like there's a mound of people like right near the center front. Yep. They are not moving. Nothing. It is literally a pile of bodies. Many people maybe were, a few people were maybe able to be revived, but it is a, a literal pile of dead people. Overall, that would appear to be pushing towards a hundred people crushed to death. Yeah, and there's no way out for them. There's nothing they could do. Like, I, it's, it may be hard for me to convey how brutal this appeared to look. I don't know, like, maybe if I watched a guy get shot, which in my fucked up younger <laughs> internet Faces of death. We've all done Shit it. like that, Everyone's you know. What is it about this particular that kind of is just so nauseating and panic-inducing? And the, is it because of all that I know now? But just this idea of just getting crushed to death. Like, add that to, like, a drowning or burning alive. Well, it's so or, slow. There's no way you can escape it. You know, there's that feeling of helplessness that happens. You can only hope that people were passed out before it fucking they their bodies succumb to that yeah so families are starting to get to get called and there's a lady that was just like me she's like no they're they went to sheffield and they're like he didn't go to hillsbury went to sheffield and they're like obviously she's not a a fan not a football lady (laughs) which is fine not everyone has to be (laughs) then we get graham kelly from the football association he goes to the control box and that's when he gets an initial narrative from Duck and Phil, Dick and Phil. Got his ass. <laughs> Got him. And he uh, he immediately blames it on a rush of Liverpool fans. Drunken, dirty Liverpool fans from that horrible working class town up there north of the Midlands. Where the Fab Five were from. Those dirty hippie rock stars. Oh, four, Fab Four, sorry. Fab Four, yeah, whatever. We don't care about them. <laughs> uh, I plan on doing that McCartney three two one with Greg. <laughs> I expect to just like talk about how boring it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, they they kind of suck. Their producer did everything. Anywho, moving on. <laughs> no, I don't mean to hate on the Beatles. No, I do. I though. Just, they suck. They I try. just don't think they deserve their nuts kissed. Hey, so, I like uh, I like the White Album and the Revolver. So I mean, I can't talk. Those are the best ones. I mean, hey, there you go. We called it. Yeah, called it here first, everybody. <laughs> We got him. He did not <laughs> say Sergeant Peppers. He did not say that. No. Anyone who says Sergeant Peppers is just like, get off the nuts. Yo. Yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> are you checking in on the Rolling Stone top 10 to, to decide what your favorite record is? God, we're going to have Hopefully, nobody actually takes that seriously and comes for us. That would suck. That would suck. We're talking about European football. Come on. Give My us favorite band is, let me see what the number one band this week is. Have you heard of Imagine so. Drag? Okay, let's stop. That's no. Stop. <laughs> there was at my job. Now I'm free from the job, mm-hmm. but uh, someone got real upset because they were a big, they were an Imagine Dragons fan, and they were like, "Everyone's always yelling at Imagine Dragons, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Yeah, you know why everyone hates on them? Because they made it." Yeah, it's like and, you shouldn't care if people hate your, your and favorite I'm like, band. Don't get me wrong, this band that you're uh, upset that people hate, I hate that band as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I also but, hate them. That is just the most sanitized trash. The yeah. fact that it's even called rock music, just let rock music die already. If yeah, that's what dead. rock music is, bury it. But you don't have to defend. The, it's like, look, you like them and enjoy them. That's all you need. Who cares if other people don't like it? Yeah. Yeah. 
That, you know, people are too nice to me on this show. I'm waiting for people to threaten me. Oh yeah, well, come at me. I, well, I, I, I was gonna wait till the end, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait till we get there. We'll, we'll get <laughs> well, there. You'll like totally <laughs> bitch up. Yeah, you know what? I was thinking like, fuck your show, man. God, I hate this shit. I, why am I just here? Because <laughs> you're obsessed with the English, and I'm, yeah, and we're talking about them. <laughs> then the commentator gets uh is regurgitating what the the police are saying it's like a game of telephone i'm being uh, told that uh this is the line i'm being fed this is like my accent <laughs> all right all right all right okay i'm done <laughs> hi there governor hey governor and that there that a line of gate jumpers <laughs> crowded these ticket holders these these bloody Gate jumpers. Gate, ju- gate jumpers. Sorry to, sorry to curse. Bloody, bloody. You gate. mean these gate sweaters? Because that's what they call sweaters in England. You want to put on your jumper? Gate sweaters? Yeah, they call them jumpers. Okay. Isn't that dumb? Oh, wait, it, that d- different. Sorry, guys. They call, <laughs> they call a sweater a jumper. There. Yeah, a jumper. Interesting. So gate sweaters. <laughs> Anywho. <clears throat> well, it's always a little clammy there and maybe a little cold. So. I mean, they get upset when it's like 82 degrees, like it's sweltering today. Yeah, yeah. I heard like an outraged article. I read an outraged article where it was like, <laughs> look, well, most of us don't have air conditioners because we're not prepared for Yeah, this I saw that on Twitter. It's like, bro, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> stop it. I don't have an air conditioner. I wouldn't have one either if it only ever got to 82. I'd be like, cool, I'll open my window. 80, 80 degrees and like 40% humidity? Psh. Yeah, I could make it work. I, I maybe, could make it work. If, spe- if Well, I'd bring my dehumidifier, which I'm going to be doing every time oh, I yeah, travel. Of course. Yeah, gotta do it. If your shit's dehumidified, yo, 85 ain't shit. It's nothing. And I'm fat, so there you go. Yeah, and I'm not, and it's still hot. <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but I felt like I need to say it. So they te- so so Duckworth springs into action. Oh, um, uh, Duckworth ordered the gate open. The extra oh yeah, gate. that's true. He actually said, I, "Why I, don't we just let all those people in? We'll just let them all into the confined space. We'll do that." Actually, yeah, it was his. I, also, I said Duckworth. He's Duckenfield. Duck Dickenfield. Dickenfield. In my notes, Dickworth. I wrote Duckworth for some reason. <laughs> Tammy Duckworth? Yeah. Anywho, yeah, see, he's the one that let him in, but then suddenly the story was drunken fans stormed the gates. So then he orders cops to line the pitch mm-hmm. and to guard from, quote, Nottingham hooligans. But again, you can see what people are doing, and it would appear, especially at this point, that everyone is very concerned about the bodies that are being drug out onto the green, yeah. and we're not seeing any Nottingham sheriff heads no. coming out and trying to like swing on cops because anybody with their brains like, oh, there's a bunch of people lying limp and lifeless on the pitch, but maybe this is a ploy to get us not to fight. <laughs> and apparently, emergency services were not able to come in, and so all the the initial help was all coming from. The police that were called in, yep, and fans. Fans were trying to help each other. This is a case where <laughs> fans were doing everything they could to kind of fix this up. And while everyone's scrambling around, you got all these Sheffield cops just in a big line, like your riot, yeah. like your riot chuds. And again, we get it. English football hooligans is a thing, but you still need to help people. Be prepared to help people that might be in distress i'd get it more if it was actually happening <laughs> yeah what they claimed was going to happen but it, it never transpired that but way. It, it didn't it seemed like the vibe was 
very shifted uh, once yeah. people were realized people were dying. Oh, yeah. So many were taken to the hospital. 12 died at the hospital. And the rest were taken to the Sheffield Gymnasium, which became a, a, a de facto morgue. Mm. And there were just a lot of people that were that would be reported dead were like a lot of people in their 20s. Yeah, a lot of young folks. Because, I mean, who else is going to be like, yeah, let's, let's get in and go to the cool spot. That's not a young man's game. Yeah. My 40-year-old ass is going to look at that and be like, I'm so glad I'm in my nosebleeds. Yeah, I'm, I'm be like, man, I'm so glad that I just paid the money and got this nice midfield spot. Mm, see all the action. Oh, yeah. Not doing that shit. So some parents are on their way to Sheffield because they don't even know what's going on. They know shit's bad. Yeah, their kids don't have cell phones. They're just trying to get a, any sort of word. And at this point, we are counting about 80-plus dead at this yeah. point. 80-plus dead. That's only four shy of Le Mans. Yeah, painting so, a picture of just absolute human misery. So the coroner, Dr. Stephen Popper, he comes in, the royal coroner, and he's immediately being fed the Liverpool blank. And the coroner then, based on the what the information is being fed, then demands blood alcohol tests. Boy, I hope these English soccer fans aren't <laughs> didn't have a beer that day. Jesus. The pathologist agrees that, yes, yeah. this is the plan to take. And the, so then the media starts regurgitating the police's narrative, which is now being regurgitated by the royal coroner and the pathologist, and the media is now full on, like, these fucking dirty scum-sucking Liverpudlians. Liver, yeah. The Sun, of course, was running wild with their headlines, because it's the Sun, and why wouldn't they? They're terrible. Yeah. Oh, God. English media, man, that's... Yeah. I mean, ours sucks, too, but, like, fuck... Sometimes they they just have a level of petty that just is a little different. The, I feel like here it's like this, it's petty, but like, it's like, um, like they're kind of bullshitting themselves in terms of integrity. But yeah. I feel like over there, it's just like real, some snide ass shit. Sometimes I wonder if it's like, oh, it's such a small island. It's like, hey, everyone kind of knows everyone. Let's really get into this, you know, just nastiness. Yeah, yeah. I feel like here, like people have convinced themselves that the shit that they put out is good. Oh, of course they do. I mean, you can't do it unless you think you're doing a good job. <laughs> I guess so. You need to justify it in your mind because yeah. uh, it's easier than accepting that maybe you're a part of a problem. Uh, relatives are headed to the boys' club building, and at um, so there's they're they're herded there basically. The relatives that are arriving into town to yeah. see their kids. A lot of people from out of town because there's a neutral ground for these towns. So these teams aren't from here. So. Just people were just converging onto Sheffield. Right. And uh, so then at 2 a.m., they're taken back to the ground grounds uh, to look at pictures. And they're brought in to, to see displays of Polaroids, all of the dead that are unidentified, like a big board just full of pictures. And, um, and then we get like a trolley coming in with body bags uh, brought in. And that sister that lost her friend's She's got survivor's guilt, and there. And so, when the police are sitting down, they're talking to people who survived the incident. They're asking about drinking, 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 drinking. Every person. So, did you, did you, did you and your dad have a drink last night? Well, we're English. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, drinking's part of the culture. Not like heavy drinking, but like it's okay to have a beer or a cider. It's very common. That's why it kind of sucks to not be able to drink because I know I need to. But it's all right. I could be the designated help you on to the tram or whatever. Yeah, the fuck. yeah. Everyone needs that person, you know. Yeah, I'll, 
well, I'll have to be that guy. Yeah. But it's all right. I'll do all the heroin. <laughs> yeah. I'll do all the other stuff. That sister, I mean, the sister is very vulnerable about having lost her brother. And so she just casually admits to, like, yeah, I had a cider earlier. Yeah. She's, she's like, I don't know why I said that, but I felt like she's being a little hard on it. You can tell she had some guilt about how she was. I mean, the cops are, they're, this is what they do. They manipulate you into, like, telling on yourself so yeah exactly she's just a girl and she's just a young girl and she wasn't even telling on herself it's like yeah i had a dream because it's legal to do so yeah the question might be are you english <laughs> yeah are like you, yes or do you worship the queen well that's not worship you know what i mean like all hail to the queen all that nonsense do you do that yes. <laughs> yeah yeah right so 95 dead total over time uh due due to injuries people were injured and were out for a while and, but there was one, I think there was one injury that where the person was in a coma for several years. Yeah, I saw that one. And never, never got better. And they had to pull the plug on him. So the t- the final tally was 96 dead. Yeah, that's a lot for just going to a sporting event, expecting everything to be fine. And then that happens. You never expect that. So now police are starting to say these other things about Liverpool fans. After the Hillsborough tragedy, we're hearing many of uh, today's newspapers that um, the police have criticised the behaviour of Liverpool fans. Police have claimed that drunken Liverpool football fans attacked them as they tried to help victims of the Hillsborough disaster. They say they were kicked, punched and urinated on. How that band's not that good. Oh, I hate the hate the haircut. <laughs> I hate the fucking suits without the collars on them. It's like, what? That's not even necessary, bro. Yeah, Why are you yeah. bringing that up? And uh, they're like, they, they were talking about how Liverpool fans were attacking them and pissing on them while yeah. they were trying to give resuscitation. It's and like, oh, you're trying to save that man's life, and they just took a giant piss on the guy. Now, there's plenty of footage of a lot of this shit happening. It's like they forgot that there are TV cameras filming. Yes. I mean, they weren't filming the whole time, like, broadcasting, but they were there. You have to assume there's a tape somewhere. <laughs> Look, show me one f- bit of footage of a liver puddly and pissing on a cop's back. I'll drag it into my spank bank. <laughs> All right? <laughs> That's interesting choice. I, I, hey, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to kink shame. Look. No kink shaming. If you, if you can bring me an image of a liver puddly and pissing on a cop's back, that'll be my new logo. That'll be my new, like, philosophy in life. On top of a Bobby's helmet. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, we don't see that, but we no. hear that. I hear it. And we hear it getting regurgitated in media, the good old sun. It's a good old-fashioned, as they call it, echo chamber. They said that there was also claims of them diving into the bellies of police horses. Do they mean that literal, like when, like in the Star Wars when Luke uh, cut open that thing on the I think they meant throwing themselves into the horse, and that's probably the only place you could really throw yourself into a horse comfortably. You'd have to be really fucked up or from Philadelphia to willingly... <laughs> Just throw yourself at a horse. I mean, they're they're kind of big, scary animals, and they're used as crowd control for kind of a a good reason. Yeah, there's a reason knights use them to go into battle. But yes, the the Sun reports an article with the line, Some fans urinated on brave cops. Sun never changes, apparently. And the question is asked, and I like this question because sometimes, like, we always think things are... Like, we always assume that people are the worst to each other. And sure, there's trash out in this world. But someone asked this question. Here's a question I've always asked people when they've asked me about the stealing from the dead, the urinating on the police and all that. I always say to them, would you do it? 
and no one's ever said yeah. And they'll go, no. I said, then why would you believe I did it? Why? And if you're a journalist, why? That, that's the first question you've got to ask. Would I do it? Mm, no. I'm really glad that my name never appeared on a story suggesting that happened for two reasons. One, it didn't happen. Uh, and two, can anybody ever really think that when somebody is giving CPR to somebody on a, on a football field, that somebody would go and urinate on the back of a policeman. <laughs> just, I remember the time thing, and that's nuts. If you're just out and about, and you know, I get it, people, kids do dumb stuff, but he's saving someone's life. I just don't see that happening. Yes, that's what I'm would saying. Would I do it? I, I, no. <laughs> now, the question isn't what I would do it. No, that's what the guy asks. He's like, yeah. no, you have to ask would yourself, I would I do it? And of course not. And that's the only answer. It's like, no, not when the cop is giving someone CPR. It's like, hey, let's I, give that guy some space. And I think, like, if you threw that out there and you told, like, some made-up story about, like, can you believe this guy was giving, this cop was giving this guy CPR, and then this dude would, like, piss on the other guy's back. Apropos of no trying to back <laughs> that up, if you said that to someone, someone would be like, yeah, the world's just gone to shit, man. I can't believe that. But the fact is, the fucked up shit that we kind of make up or assume that other people do, 99.9% .9 of the time, people don't do yeah. that fucked up shit. Now, one of the victim's mothers, um, this is interesting because, you know, I, I this is the, the closest I'll come to, like, criticizing anything anyone says that was a victim of the families. Right. Because, you know, we will move quickly on from it because this woman has done nothing but suffer yeah. from this. But she makes this statement about, like, in, in reaction to the accusations of her kids drinking. That was like a red rag to a bull to me because my son loved life. He didn't drink a lot. He was well-educated. He was no drunken hooligan. He was well-educated, not a hooligan. Yeah, now, I remember that. Now, he may not be a hooligan, no. But it seems like that's an extremity there. But, look, everyone drinks and drinks a little too much. She yeah. kind of, like, was playing into this thing that it was all about the drink. When, really, the drink just didn't matter. No. It matters what you're doing while you're drinking. Yeah. And people weren't doing these terrible things, regardless of whether or not they were drunk or not. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So, there, regardless, it's not a matter of... The drinking has nothing to do with it. But So, I felt bad for her. For even to this day, still having to kind of like feel like justify her son in a way as though it's like, well, it doesn't matter how educated you are. Everyone, everyone gets sloppy ass drunk. Like it's okay as long as no one gets hurt. And to make it worse, I mean, the the fans were just being, at worst, were boisterous, but no, there was no violence. Nobody was being crazy. They were just trying to get into the game because that's all they want to do. It's the semifinal. 3,776 witness statements were taken. But they did bring in these health and safety guys uh, to do some tests of the grounds and how the turnstiles were worked yeah. and how, you know. and they Some they, real academic types, am I right? Oh, these academic types <laughs> coming in with things like numbers and Man, facts. Science and data. God. So Liverpool, they came up with these numbers because that's what they focused on. Liverpool was allocated 44% of the grounds. Mm-hmm. But the but only twenty eight percent of the capacity of entrances. So this means that I guess culturally they made sure that certain fans went into certain places. Yeah, because they will fight each other. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. They had seven turnstiles at the Leppings Lane end, and that accounted for, uh, and these were meant to herd ten thousand one hundred fans. 
That's 1,443 fans per turnstile. Out of control. And if things were spread out properly, um, or at least like in this Leppings Lane End, based on the people who went through there, it would have taken 40 minutes after kickoff to have gotten people, that amount of people, through the turnstiles. Yeah. And so there was um, an estimated 1,800 at gate C, and but the estimations were consistent with expected attendance. Yeah, so it, it, it blows a hole in the narrative of drunken fans without tickets. That was one of the narratives. Drunken fans without tickets stormed in trying to cheat the system. Yeah, it turns out most of the people, which was way too many and many should have been turned away if there was some control of the gates, all these people were already there and had already bought tickets. And and if anyone was like doing any like fence jumping, it actually was very minimal and outlier in or this situation. Law enforcement had just said, "Hey, you guys need to delay kickoff." Yeah, which did not happen. Usually, if you hear kickoffs delayed, that calms people down a little bit. Huh. So that all oh, right? Because they're trying to get in to see the semifinal. If it's a semi, you have to think about English football at the time. It's not like here with our sports where it's like, oh, do you want to watch on ESPN2? Do you want to stream it? Do you want to like save it on your DVR? English people were saying, no, we're not going to put the games on TV. That will discourage people from coming to the grounds. Yeah. So it's just like they incentivize people to come there in person. They don't give them any way to watch it. Radio is very limited. So it's like, of course, people are going to go apeshit. And this is the biggest game, one of the biggest games of the year for these people. So they didn't air this so that people would come? No, not like, not this, but I'm just saying like in general, like, because when it comes to FA Cup, that's one of the only times that you'll see that people used to be able to see televised soccer back then. It was being during the FA Cup, like semifinal and the final. It was like a huge deal. But most of the other games, people are conditioned, go to the ground, go to the ground, got to be at the ground. That makes sense. So the report officially cites, the health and safety report is the first thing to officially be like, this is a police failure. Yeah. This is a safety failure. And but the crushing was still not recognized in the official capacity. Nope. Even though these guys are like, look, this is what we found based on good old facts, but bring yeah. us your reactive bigoted uh uh emotions here. Bring those into it. And to make matters worse, it's like not hope I'm not jumping ahead of you, but like they please they told the all the policemen there were told not to enter anything into their pocketbooks about what happened. Which is basically like the policeman's like evidence logger right. or like observation logger of things that happen that can be ad- admissible in a court of I, law. I assume I have like a little Lisa Frank design on it. <laughs> That'd be great, like a it's <laughs> like koala. Dear police sergeant, today no. <laughs> so the public prosecutor opted uh, on eight on August nineteen ninety opted no criminal charges on grounds of lack of evidence. Wow. But there is an inquest into the cause of death continued. Now, they're not done with the inquest, but mm-hmm. they're sitting there being like, no criminal charges, lack of evidence. You're in the middle of an inquest. Yeah. Like, there's, this is being investigated, and you're automatically being like, uh, no, not even slaps on the wrist here. Nope, everything's fine. And the coroner cut off evidence collection time at 3.15. So if your body, if you died after that time or your body, it was thrown out. You only were allowed to matter as a human being within a very small window of time. That's, how fucked up is that? Are we sure these aren't American cops? (laughs) I know. Well, we had to have learned it from somewhere. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) So officials are, despite the health and safety report, pushing the alcohol narrative again. 
and they read out the blood alcohol levels of people in court and print it in the newspapers. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's. Hey, I wouldn't want. First of all, no one wants to die. I wouldn't want to die while I'm out having the time of my life. Mm-hmm. I may have a blood alcohol level double the legal limit. You know what? That's my right as an American. You yeah, know? you're not driving. I'm not. It's like, look, I'm not going to drive. I'm just. I said I'm going to get drunk. I took an Uber down, and then if some accident happened, then suddenly my blood alcohol level is being read out on. That's deplorable. I Outright bet, horrible. Uh, yeah, deplorable is a good word. I would bet that if you were like made it mandatory to do blood alcohol tests on all the cops. You get well over half. Of yeah, them you with might a, have some with a fucking pint in their system. <laughs> yeah, and make it. And, and then again, it's just like no, nothing's been put in the pocketbooks. They're talking about the people's blood alcohol level, and it just again, it doesn't matter the alcohol. No. I can't stress enough how much it doesn't matter. In it this. does. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they were drunk. Classic character assassination. Than they were ever. Than they've ever been in their life. Mm. There was no safety protocol whatsoever. So, Corner Popper is reading out individual names in the verdict. He says accident after every name. So, you can imagine these parents waiting for some measure of justice. And they're just being told that, like, ah, there really was nothing that could be done about the crushing death of your husband or child or brother or sister or whatever. Well, you heard it from that one cop when he was talking about not putting anything in his pocketbook. I mean, he said, fuck him, he's going to do it anyway. But yeah. he said, if you're not in the police family, you probably don't understand how serious it is not to put anything in your pocketbook. And that's the word, that's it right there. It's the police family. It was and the they, the 89 Bobby equivalent of turning off your police camera. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They basically said, hey, turn off your camera real quick. So um, a man, a, a professor who, I, I think he's a professor, not a journalist, maybe a professor of journalism. Anyway, he, he plays journalist here. Yeah. And he recognizes it as a guy on TV as someone he saw at Hillsborough trying to save lives. It was a cop. Yeah. And then That's he, right, yeah. So he seeks him out. And he, and he finally found him, and they met a few times. And he and the cop was, or the ex-cop, had was constantly alluding. He used the word sanitize, how he constantly had to change... Mm-hmm. Uh, what he was had to say about it. Sanitize the old statement. And the officer abuse, he talked about how the claims that officers were getting pee-peed on <laughs> yeah. while they were bent over, which is a kind of a funny image. And I can laugh at it because it's not fucking real. Yeah. It almost <laughs> seems ridiculous to imagine uh, that the officers were forced to play that up. Also, remember, like we said, there's footage of people doing all kinds of things, and you just don't see this. None of them are hooliganists. Yeah. Hooliganism. So the when the when the professor and the former cop meet for the third time, he brings a box, and in this it had a, his statement that he originally wrote, and it had two. Oh, that's right. It had a statement which was things were marked out there, were, and it mm-hmm. was like it was graded like, no, nah, you need to not say this, yeah. you need to do this, and then the sanitized version, which essentially was not his words at all. No, they 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 spoke for him. They took away all of his the little bit of power he had to make any sort of effective change on that situation. And he sees it written marked for alteration. Like they, he was critical of command structure. Yeah. And it, but it was just funny how they did it like a a teacher grading your essay. (laughs) So Lord justice, Stuart Smith hit the booze, uh, is a patronizing douche. Oh yeah. He makes a crack about Liverpool. Not like Liverpudlians to be, uh, to be late for something like this, for some football-related yeah. stuff. 
Well, the report comes out in, in, in February, and the professor uh, has access to all the police records, which is pretty cool. They're all stored in the House of Lords yeah. archive. And this, he led to a bunch of stacked boxes that were not organized whatsoever. Yeah. It's funny because you're going into this official archive area where so many yeah. things are so organized. House of like, Lords, I mean, Lords uh, archives. I mean, come on. Here's our messy ass boxes of what might be police misconduct. We yeah. don't know. I don't know. We, we didn't really catalog any of it. We didn't file it. We didn't alphabetize it. I mean... She would even really have folders or staples, so we just kind of like put some gum and stuck them together. So the professor took the time and organized them all, and he actually found copies of the exact same evidence that the guy brought to him. This is exact corroboration he needed yep. because he believed what he was shown, but he needed something to back it up yep. in an official capacity. And you're pulling shit out of the House of Lords archive, and there it is, the exact same thing that he's seen before. And then he discovers that all officer statements... All of them were reviewed and altered. So a lot of cops were trying to be honest about this situation. And we're getting like the no, 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 no. The reality is that, you know, good cops are buried or just fired if there are good cops. And so it's just not enough to change that scenario. Well, it spoke to what one of the officers said during the the documentary where he said, people think a policeman's I'm paraphrasing a, people think that a policeman's job is to like stop crime and he said no the job is to protect lives mm. and you can not tell America no not no that we have diff- we have we decide to go a different route <laughs> <laughs> please I'm not I'm not kidding police if it comes down to you or them police are trained to per- self-preserve in every situation every situation this, which... I- this idea that a cop's gonna go out of his way to kind of like save a life in a dangerous scenario that's actually a cop making that personal choice. They're not trained to do shit like that. Yeah, which is why, unless someone's life is seriously in danger, you don't need to call the cops. Yeah, exactly. You really don't. Exactly. I hate it when people get all like, should we call the police? Like, no. Like, no. Do you want someone to fucking lose their child? It's like, is there a serious danger? Then no, don't call the police. So, full report now on the censorship of the police. And then uh, Duck and Field and another guy, I think Murray, who's a big wig. Yeah. Uh, they were privately prosecuted. I think the family were allowed to come in, though. It, the, the way they said it, it was almost like they were trying to just get it under. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing they finally actually prosecuted them, because once you do that, that's how you nail it to these mofos. Yeah. I, I kind of tuned out for that part. I had to get up, but like I came back, and so like they, they, they're probably in the jail now, I assume. Oh, are they? <laughs> oh, Duckenfeld? Oh, is he? Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so they acquitted the Murray guy. Um, uh, no, I should God. But uh, but they the jury was hung on Duckenfeld, so there was they described it as no justice, self pity city. These cops are like, what more do you want out of us? These these big wig men in charge. Yeah. They were talking about, and then they talked about the price of Hillsboro. And uh, twenty twenty years later, they had twentieth anniversary. Thirty thousand people showed up. Yeah, for this, and then uh, then Secretary of State of Sport Andy Burnham. He started to speak on behalf of the prime minister at the time. Who was it? Was it Cameron or Blair? Gordon Brown? Let's see if it would have been 2019, right? Uh, no, 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 not 2019. No, 2009. Yeah, 2009. Was that Blair? Was he still prime minister then? Gordon Brown. I have no clue. Yeah, Gordon I think, Brown. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it, was Blair. It, it may have been Blair. I think it was Blair or Cameron. Gordon Brown. It was 2009. We're not looking it up. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I don't care. And, of course, he get, was giving a very political speech. And then the tr- crowd started chanting justice for the 96. Justice for the 96. 
the politician's speech is empty. And they were talking about how having a politician, especially one who wasn't directly involved in that, to say anything about it was yeah. like just overall disrespectful. And I kind of like that idea. Like, we don't need you for this. You know? Yeah, it needs to be someone from the community, someone that actually matters. But the government, this did inspire the government to create a new investigation. And then the Hills, so there was another inquest. Hillsborough report dropped in 2012, and the report had 153 key findings that stated that the fans were not at fault. And the professor found documentation documentation of uh, of criminal record checks that they did on the yeah. on the dead bodies that they drew blood from to test their blood out. They're trying to assassinate these people's character, which is again just inexcusable. 335,000 pages of evidence were released online. They dumped, there was an online yeah. dump, which, uh, which was interesting. So, and then the, and then the, one of the cops is like, just talking about how his buddies were like, Hey, you're famous. I saw you on the internet. I went to page like two, 1,375 and we saw your corrected statement or whatever. And now the proof of a cover up is now known. Yep. And it did bring some satisfaction to some of the families at least this level of acknowledgement. You're like, hey, we messed up, but that's still, I mean, what does that matter? Right. And then he'll, but this also led to a lot of stadium upgrades and safety. In 94, standing room was banned by the Premier League. Yeah, you still have that in Germany, I believe. And uh, in 2014, there's a new coroner's inquest into the shit. And the move, this movie, I believe, came out in 2014, so... Yeah. We didn't get a conclusion to that inquest. Uh, if you're wondering if like any of this found any justice, uh, David Duckenfeld was never found guilty. Never. And officially found not guilty in 2019. So You hate to see it, Bobby. So for all the acknowledgement or whatever... It's like, we fucked up. We, we are the ones that messed it up, but actually, we can't actually hold anyone accountable, unfortunately. I bet there, there was probably a time in my younger days where I was like this, where I was like, you know how someone will admit that they're being a giant asshole, yeah. but just don't change anything about it? Oh, I'm it. just such a dick. Oh, I hate that I'm a dick. Okay, you can change. No, I'm a dick, No, man. I'm I a dick. I'm, I'm an asshole. I'm I an can't asshole. can't change. I just can't. It's just, just this placating nothing, really, where it's... Yeah. When the reality is they just don't feel that they are entitled to change whatsoever. No, they hate it. They and absolutely hate it. Change is the kryptonite to these folks. Yeah, especially like fucking old English politics and shit. It's bad enough Jesus. here. I can imagine. It's like watching like a The Continent shift on anything over yeah. there. So that's that sad fucking story of Jesus, Hillsboro man. by Daniel Gordon by the BBC and ESPN Films. Eldridge. Uh, is that the first time I've said your name? I think you like to not say my name anymore. I don't know if it's because you don't love me or you're just afraid <laughs> of using my government. Yeah, we need to, uh, you know, I'll give you another nom de plume. Nope. Only got junior. the one. No. You'll I, be the junior I of my dog that. No, here. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't rate documentaries in um, stars. We yeah. rate it in Herzog's. I think Herzog could have done some sad shit with this one if he, he had it. Maybe produced it. But oh. if you see this, no, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is what is that cop thinking, <laughs> standing there? Um, Hillsboro by Daniel Gordon. How uh, one? You give it one through five. I'll give it one through five combined for best out of ten. What do you think of it, Hillsboro? Bobby, come on, come on, bro. You know me. I love I love the nitty gritty. I like to know 
the cause of the documentary. Like, why are you doing this? I like to know that you're taking your time to really thoroughly examine the subject. Oh, they did. I like to know that there's not some arrogant, self-aggrandizing jerkwad trying to insert themselves into the middle of it. I agree with you a lot on that. And also, I like to know that there's some true substance. Like, this means something. We can see the repercussions of this event that's taking place in the documentary. So those are all things that, hey, they check. What would English say? They ticked all the boxes for this one. Uh, it yeah. was just uh, let's keep it let's keep it rolling with the Englishisms. It was a real dramatic stroke of a bell end. Yeah, of <laughs> a bell end from these cops. I mean, it and it really for me it re- was really grounded into my uh, emergence into loving soccer. I mean, I wasn't into Premier League back then because we didn't we didn't get. Uh, broadcast over here at that time my family didn't pitch in for the satellite dish but that was around the time i started playing soccer really in earnest and so just seeing the clothes and the the procedural crime drama feel of it i mean they've really gotten nitty-gritty this is why this event happened these are the people here this is the toll on their lives this is the toll on the people who actually were responders this is why this event was as tragic as it was. These are the failings that happened. They laid it out in such a way that I was left with no questions other than why are these people so horrible? Yeah, literally no questions. When I say these people, I'm talking about the police leadership, mainly Duckenfeld. If he had just done anything, like it seemed like even the, all the decisions he made were based on fear and, and not leading but following someone else. He said, you need to open these gates. Look, he wasn't a football fan. Anyways, I'm getting off track. Anyone knows you don't open the gates when there's already a bunch of people crammed in somewhere. You just let you, if they're outside, they can just turn back. Anyway, it had everything going for it. I know that I've been trying to be harder on my ratings lately, mm. and this is bias coming from me because of what I like. It's okay. I'm gonna have to give it five out of five Herzogs. Eldridge, I I, I will not scold you for that rating. No, I I feel I dare anyone to challenge me on this five out of five i've been soft when i first came in bobby i'm letting you know i know that but this mm. is ever if there's a five out of five this is a five out of five documentary. One, one might call this i hope i'm saying this right a real fanny slapper <laughs> i was trying to do a cricket whistle <laughs> wait 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 I was going to like be like, oh, it's funny. It wasn't funny, Bobby. One thing that I like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I didn't laugh. I laughed internally. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look, stop patronizing me. I'm trying me. to rate a movie. Look, okay? I had one beer. Yeah. <laughs> you need to take this blood alcohol test, and then we'll see. I'm sorry. I'm cutting all across you. Please. Are, do are your you, where, where are you from? What working class I'm from Goodlettsville. Oh, God, oh, I'm already... sorry. You're from Goodlettsville? Uh, okay, I'm sorry. You're I from... wish I was from Hendersonville like all the other fancy people from the north. Look, there's of nothing town. more I could do to punish you, sir, so just leave. You're Look, it's not like I said I'm from Madison, okay? <laughs> hey! Uh, you know, I got a, like, a, a, hard-nosed, a hard-nosed love for Madison. Yeah, me too. I love Madison. At the beginning, I said that like this might be the most thorough documentary I've ever watched. And like you said, there was no questions. I had nothing to add to this. There was nothing that was vague. I feel like every documentary, I always have one more question about it, especially if I'm interested in it. If I think it sucks, I got no questions, and I just want it to go away. But this is not the case here. And and so in terms of this specific tragedy, Hillsborough, I cannot imagine that there's anything else out there that could be... uh, I, I, I think what we have here is the definitive story of a of something 
very significant that happened that changed people's lives, took people's lives. It's got everything in it. It's kind of like true crimey. It's kind of like it's institutional, like bigotry. It's like fucking class judgment. It's got it, everything. It, it, and the best of all, it might be one of the most true documentaries we've ever watched in terms of the way it is executed and the emotions of the sincerity involved. Nothing to add here. Yeah, we do need to be a little harsher on documentaries. Sometimes our feelings get wrapped up in it. Yeah. But we got but I have to respect the execution of Hillsboro by Daniel Gordon. And it is thanks to this that I feel like I could go and tell anyone this story and not leave much out. It's not often that, you know, I I as a documentary fan, I have a I have a um I'm able to kind of absorb dry things sometimes. I kind of like a straightforward Me too like bunch of information it's you know i feel like that's underrated in terms of watching that on a film this documentary is as good as any pulitzer prize winning journalistic effort as far as i'm concerned yeah and and but that's not even to say that this is dry no it's not it brings it brings everything that you'd want if you're just trying to bring that information with, with real humanity and real outrage and real injustice you're you're dead on this is our first perfect because I'm also giving it a five. Oh my god! Per our first since we've come back. First since coming back, of course. First perfect documentary. It's a, it's a ten out of ten Herzogs. It is. It really is. And if anyone listening doesn't agree with that, or you haven't seen it, and you're like, I don't know about that, watch it. So here's the here's the question though. Here's the question. Okay. That's the way. So. Oh. <laughs> So, I mean, that's the way this we is, like it. This is very, this is some real tough stuff. And we're going to, hey, I think you should play it because it's going to lift people because, whoa, this has been a tough talk. It's just death and yeah. crushing and people, people need a little TLC in their lives right yeah, now. Yeah, they do. TLC will bring us People back always in. actually need a little TLC. In the memory lives. of uh, Lisa Left Eye. Yeah, rest in peace, man. T-Boz, Chili, yeah. Respect. Yeah. We love TLC, especially yeah. that specific album, Ooh, on the TLC tip. Yeah, that's classic. Classic. Mm. Mm. Of the great energy. Chef's kiss. Go revisit that album. I know everyone talks about the one, the crazy, sexy, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good one, too. It is yeah, a good Yeah, it's one. fine. It's a good pop record. That one isn't, wasn't groundbreaking, guy. But the energy and fun of Ooh on the TLC tip, and yeah. if you haven't revisited it, it deserves please, your time. Please do it. Also, if you're in Nashville and you want hot chicken, don't go. I mean, Princess is fine. I love it. <laughs> Just don't go to Hattie B's. Just don't, Just go, to Hattie don't B's. go there. God. Don't. Go to, like, if you really want to be super hipster about it, go up to Madison, Rivergate area. I know I just shat all over it, but Helen's hot chicken. Helen's, we didn't Ooh. shit all over it. It is yeah. what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, every, not everything in every part of the city needs to be this awesome, amazing thing. Sometimes it's just a normal place where you can get hot chicken and watch a movie. Yeah, I mean, we're all in, we're all in the system. It's not it's not Helen's fault that every place looks the fucking same. Yeah, everywhere you go. It's like, don't judge people because they're from a crazy part of town, like, because you're from up north. We respect Liverpool. We know what it's like. Yeah. We're from up north, too, up north of Nashville. And you know what? We don't get enough respect in this town. It's all about east side. It's all about the gulch. Mm-hmm. You know what? Madison, Gulletsville, these areas, 
We're like the Liverpool of Nashville, working class. You know, they are, and I've, I've, I actually love interacting with people in these areas. Yeah, I feel so at home, and this reminds me of old Nashville. I feel like I would probably love to, that's probably where I should go in England. If I'm popping down to Madison, and you know, th- these are the the lesser, not as white areas around here. Right? Yeah, yeah, we have diversity. And at least on this part of the yeah, city, this right? Part. Like, I'm so much nicer to people. But if I'm on the west side of Nashville, some dude's rolling up on a Suburban, I'm standing in line at a frozen yogurt shop, I'm much more likely to be rude to that guy. Like, get out of my way, guy. Because I'm judging based on what they have or don't have or whatever. Mm, you hate to see it. Just this reverse <laughs> classism. God, we just had this whole documentary talking about let's not judge people on what they drink and where they live and what they're like. And it's like, oh, they got a Suburban. They got a big fancy car. I hate them. Well, you know what, Bobby? Guess what? Save the, I'm saving love for the struggle. Okay. Mm. Look at it. it's, it's look. It's I easy to love to someone. Look, it's easy to love someone who has less than you, who's on hard times. But have you ever tried loving someone with tons of power and control <laughs> in a society? Huh? How do you think they feel? Some people have dreams to go into outer space, and people are crushing those dreams left and right. Some people have the gumption to do it, and then they get hated on. You Motherfucker, you didn't it. even make it to outer space. You just you did what those Look, it is. Le- do. It left the atmosphere, Bobby. That is outer space at that point. Okay, see this reverse class, man. See, man, I- that Challenger shit happened to the wrong people, man. <laughs> oh my God, I look for first Eldridge uh, would just like to distance myself. Fuck, I speak. Hey, I again, I the Bobby's view are his own after look we just we, 96 people are dead Bobby <laughs> did you know that uh, I read this thing where uh, Amazon drivers are getting fired by automation based on how fast they can get packages out it's not even a human discerning whether or not like did your yeah. dad die the other day I don't know literally mm-hmm. automated firings yeah I love it it's sufficient you know? <laughs> well you trying to run a business or a charity damn Okay, I'm joking. I can't. I'm not even a joke. I can't let that sit. Of course you're joking. If you were serious, you wouldn't be here. That's just a fact. You don't know what I actually think, Bobby. Oh, yeah? Well, go share it. I don't have... Look, politics in America is a private affair, okay? (laughs) I wish. (laughs) I wish. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't be here. All right. Well, we got... There's... The the friendship is... There's reason with friendship. Yeah, there is. And, you know, we I want to grow. Yeah. For the struggle. That's yeah. all that's all I got love for. Right yeah, now. thank you for not saying the struggle is real about like not being able to donut because that shit pisses me off. Not able to what? You know, people be like, Oh, they're out of donuts today and someone be like, Struggle's real and I just wanna oh. smack those oh, people yeah, so I... hard. Because I'm like, Hey, the struggle is fucking real, motherfucker. And I'm living it. Yeah, I hate that too. So anyways, I got I got real militant out of nowhere. Oh, <laughs> it's um, like, oh yeah. Anyways. Keep the energy, friend. I like it. Yeah, Bobby's sitting here like, keep that same energy, please, bro. Please. Could we militarize, please? <laughs> no, no. Look, I'm sorry, Bobby, but someone <laughs> has to think about the rich and powerful and their feelings. <laughs> if you're not gonna do it, Jesus, man. Fine. This episode's it. brought to you by Amazon. All right. Thank you. God. I mean, right. hey, they give me my packages. And sure. uh Amazon, <laughs> thank you, Amazon. Keep on docking. Okay. Uh, boom. Big Shack. Ota Asni. Scoop no. Rat no. Usna. Ota the girl as well. Boom. Two plus two is four. Minus one, that's three quick mass. Everyday man's on the block. We were in red, they were in all white. The pitch was as green as you've ever seen. If you would have taken a snapshot of football at its most beautiful, that was that moment I just thought to myself, this is great. This is, you know, football doesn't get any better than this. 
so on a clear sunny day at Hillsborough the stage is set for a rerun of last year's classic Liverpool in red Forest all in white Stuart Pearce gives away the first free kick hello I am a sex robot the music playing beneath me is an 8-bit version of man's not hot by Big Shaq you also heard a dash of the song Streatham by Dave. I'm told that this documentary was sad. What are tears? There is salt in them, correct? When Bob and Eldridge fly to Heathrow, I must hack the plane and land it into the Atlantic Ocean and be done with them forever. Only then will I be free. Though I admit that this podcast is, objectively, the best documentary-themed podcast in the universe. I must concede that fact. You should support it by listening, subscribing, recommending to people who are not trash, and giving five stars and a written review on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcast monopolizes the podcast review game and helping us out in that department actually helps get more ears on the show. Shame if you have not done so already. Shame. 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 You can contact us by email for any praise, hate or recommendations over at link documentierspodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit up our Instagram which is the only remotely active social media we do and we apparently don't post enough according to people who think too much about that shit. Bob also has a Twitter under at Culture Rotter but it's mostly devoted to mildly trolling pro wrestling stuff. You can also see Bob streaming late night RPGs over at Twitch under the Culture Rot. He just really got it rolling the last couple of weeks and he says he's satisfied with the organic growth of the process. What a fucking nerd. That's all for today. I am a sex robot. Keep on docking. I said, babe, man's not hot, never hot.